Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. We're here with Michael Watkins, who's joining us from Tampa Bay Advisory. He is an advisor consultant. We're going to talk about some exciting things in the realm of tax credits that manufacturers can take advantage to lower their tax liability. Uh, Michael, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Hey, thanks, uh, Tim and Lou. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Glad to have you here. Michael, why don't we start with you giving us kind of an introduction to Tampa Bay Advisory and what you do. Okay, sure. Well, um, I own the Tampa Bay Advisory um, located in Oldsmore, Florida, and I, I serve my clients in a, a fiduciary capacity. And so in order to better serve um, my clients, I operate my practice as an independent firm, uh, which really allows me to partner with uh, the best of the best in the financial services in- industry. And so being an entrepreneur most of my adult life, um, I really have a passion for helping other business owners uh, avoid annoying mistakes. And um, I'm also very passionate about sharing, um, you know, some understanding that I have on tax incentive recovery with other uh, business owners. Now, uh, I really like working with manufacturing businesses uh, simply because uh, that industry receives more incentives than any other industry hands down. So um, I have the ability to to work with uh, any business operating in the United States, and in about just about 15 minutes, I can uh, determine uh, whether or not they have benefits uh, coming their way or not with a, a screen share questionnaire. Um, the other side of my business is uh, I, I manage money. Uh, and I do a retirement income planning is one of my fortes, but the uh, tax incentive recovery is a niche uh, service that I uh, offer, and uh, I just love working with business owners. Okay, and so I understand that you're not a CPA but a financial advisor. That's correct. Let's make that real clear. I am not a CPA. I do not give tax advice, uh, but the company, uh, GMG, that I represent, uh, they have engineered accountings that do all of this work. Uh, and it's funny uh, that you uh, mentioned that. They're not CPAs either, strictly auditing. Okay, so your expertise, your area of expertise is specifically in what, Michael? Uh, well, identifying, locating, and recovering tax incentives for businesses and also uh, working with businesses, um, employees, uh, such as their 401ks, um, uh, retirement strategies for them, um, uh, accumulating wealth during their working years. And then, again, with uh, the business owners, I specialize in exit strategies for the, the business owners. Is it particularly easy to recover a tax credit once a tax year has closed? Well, yeah, this is ongoing, so, uh, yeah, we, we can go back three years. We can go forward uh, 20 years with these recoveries. It just depends uh, on what area of taxes that we're talking about. And, um, uh, for example, uh, there's one that we'll talk about today, the Workers' Opportunity Tax Credit. That's an ongoing tax credit that just 
keeps going month after month, year after year, and and so on. Uh, and, and same thing with the R&D tax credits. It's just a byproduct of uh, the expense that a uh, business incurs, particularly engineering uh, firms, manufacturing firms. Uh, it's just an ongoing expense that they incur. And the IRS says, hey, uh, you can get a certain percentage of this uh, research money that you're putting out to your employees. You can get that back. Michael, let me ask you a question. Uh, there, there's a lot of programs. There are a lot of programs within the government uh, that could aid and help uh, many Americans, not only uh, you know us civilians, but also the uh, corporations. Why is it that the government, in their infinite wisdom, get all the facts out to the people broad stream? There's so many things that are going on and so many benefits that the government doesn't really convey to industry. They may convey it to uh, organizations such as yourself or uh, CPAs, but a lot of times that information doesn't uh, dwindle down to, uh, you know, the, the guy on the street. And I find that most problematic. Well, uh, I've often wondered the same thing. And uh, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, we're not going to get a letter from the Internal Revenue Service saying, hey, uh, you could have recovered $250,000 last year. How come you didn't do it? And so it's right. (laughs) Well, what we do in in the engineered uh, accounting world is we operate within 100 pages of the IRS 80,000 page playbook. So this is buried. This is really, um, the, the really have to do some digging uh, yeah. for this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there have been things that uh, I've been involved in in the past uh, with disc corporations and fist corporations. And uh, actually now we are uh, a couple of steps away from reinitiating our disc program even though the tax benefit isn't as great as it was uh, uh, almost 30 years ago. But they should be promoting that to promote export sales of goods and services to help offset balance of payments. And it, you, you ask any business person, do you know what a disk is? And you know the answer. Most people yeah, don't know. What, they don't know what a disk is. Right. And, well, you, you know, one of the things that's um, – I guess a little bit problematic is uh, probably eight out of 10 CPAs that I speak with, they're not right. familiar with, with engineered accounting services. Uh, and, and please let me explain, this has absolutely no bearing on a CPA's capabilities at all. Uh, CPAs operate in their little box, okay? They're, and look, when it, it comes down to it, their main job is to keep us in compliance with the Internal Revenue Service, right? Their 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 job is to keep us from getting love letters from the IRS. Right. <laughs> and so many times CPAs just uh, they're a lot more comfortable working in this box. Now, when you talk to a CPA firm that might be larger, let's say a regional firm, something of that size, oh yeah. 
they're on it. They they know. And um, and and here, here's an interesting fact: the uh, the two gentlemen that started uh, growth management group GMG, um, they came from the insurance world, and they knew. Uh, I mean, you know, insurance guys know how to turn a dime into a dollar before lunch. And they were very, very veterans tax deduction. Yeah. And so they were very familiar with, um, excuse me, companies like Deloitte, PricewaterhouseCooper, Ernst & Young, companies like that. And inside of those big accounting institutions, they have engineered divisions. And so they do this type of heavy lifting that we do. But let's face it, your local manufacturing company, your local auto dealership, um, medical group, and so forth are probably not using one of these gigantic uh, accounting firms. And so uh, what we've done is repackaged that and brought it to the little guy, you know, and, and made these services available on a contingency basis. So, um, so yeah, so it, I think it's just uh, sometimes a lack of the of CPAs being familiar with it and, um, and, and knowing, you know, what, what, what direction to go in. Uh, I just uh, ran into a uh, situation within only the last couple of days. I'm located in New Jersey, and uh, I'm uh, – many decades over the years of being in the military, but apparently I still classify as a vet. And there was a document sent from the state, New Jersey Division of Taxation, about income tax exemption for veterans. Now, I never heard of this. Um, I don't even know, well, there's a date here, copyright of 1996. So apparently a vet can deduct $3,000 from the state taxes, and it's paid for by the New Jersey state. And they don't tell anybody. So for the last – so it's now 18. It's uh, 12 years. I, as long and many other veterans, could have been deducting $3,000 tax exemption. And as you know, New Jersey is not one of the friendlier tax states. Mm-hmm. And that's wow, why, that's... Michael, you're working on 100 pages of the tax code of 80,000 pages that's buried to try to help out your manufacturers because the state and federal government's not going to tell you this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, um, yeah, and Lou, so... Uh, the there's uh, a thing called the Workers' Opportunity Tax Credit, which was um, it, it was put into place right after World War II uh, by the IRS, and it was to incentivize the men and women uh, manufacturing companies or any company rather uh, coming back from the war to hire veterans. And I guess like any other good government program, uh, since then it's morphed into this monster. And I won't tell you that it's as easy to qualify for as fogging a mirror, but it, it doesn't take much. And, and here's some of the, the points, and I think this is pretty interesting because it's, it's really uh, just real-world uh, facts of life, okay? 
Uh, one of the uh, qualifiers would be, one, of course, are, are you a military veteran? Uh, two, are you a Native American Indian? Uh, three, um, have you received government assistance like food stamps, um, welfare, uh, unemployment, those types of things? And you know something? None of us are exempt from these types of, you know, things happening to us. I mean, mm-hmm. we never know what's around a corner, right? One day we're flying high, and the next day my company closed down. I'm, I'm, what, what am I going to do? I've got three kids. You know the drill. And so right. this affects a lot of people. And so the Workers' Opportunity Tax Credit uh, has been, um, you know, in place since World War II. And one thing I do know about this recent tax bill uh, is that it, they had taken it off the table before it went to reconciliation, and I guess enough lobbyists uh, brought out their checkbooks or whatever, and it's been put back in because it really is a wonderful program for small employers. And here's a side note. Just for 10 qualified applicants for a business will generate anywhere from $24,000 to $96,000 annually. And then, again, this is a program that continues to go to go on and on and on. And um, it's a, a work, excuse me, it's an IRS 8850 form. It's the form uh, that uh, this whole thing is structured on. But here's why so many people don't utilize it. Let's say you're, I don't know, a manufacturing company, hotel, restaurant, whatever, and you have a little bit of a turnover, and Tom quits today, and you need to hire Eddie tomorrow. Well, the caveat to this is you have to have the applicant fill out the IRS 8850 form. You have to submit it to the state workforce agency before that person sets foot on the job. If they do, you lose the credit. And so to help combat that, um, we have developed a proprietary software that has, uh, it's connected to a national database. Uh, and so the applicant just uh, goes to a link and opens it up, takes the questionnaire, and boom, the, uh, man- the company's uh, owner gets immediate feedback whether or not they qualify for any credits or not. And then it's sent off to the state workforce agency. And guess what? You get to hire Ed first thing in the morning. So it's a pretty, pretty uh, smooth uh, way to do it. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds interesting. Uh, I don't, Tim, have you ever heard of this? I haven't. I, this is new news to me, and that's why we have Michael on the show. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So all you who are listening. Uh, we're going to give you uh, Michael's uh, website and email address. So, Michael, take it away. Sure. Um, it, they could contact me at 727-243-6467 or go to tampabayadvisory.com and uh, get a hold of me there. Great. This is very valuable information. Uh, Michael, what's the, uh, you know, one of the steps in the process here that involves cost segregation? Okay, well, uh, cost segregation, uh, Tim, is the acceleration of depreciation. Your uh, linear depreciation schedule is 39 years. Well, about 20% of a building 
can be accelerated. Uh, you know, things that, that wear out, like carpet and paint and plumbing fixtures and light fixtures and those types of things, more than likely they're going to get replaced before the end of 39 years, right? And so the uh, IRS says, hey, you can accelerate this depreciation and uh, you can take it early. And let me point this out, too. This is there, Here's a little bit of the disconnect with CPAs. Now, here is a, a typical tax preparer's statement on the commercial properties um, cost segregation, okay? And, and it reads like this. You're not getting additional depreciation. You are accelerating depreciation by allocating costs to a shorter life. I advise against such a strategy as there can be future tax implications and also upfront costs involved. So that's what a lot of tax preparers or CPAs are telling their clients. Now, here's what a more forward-thinking, well, well, let me do this. Here's what the IRS says about it. Uh, a building, uh, buildings and structural components have substantially longer depreciable uh, lives than a personal property. Therefore, it's desirable for taxpayers to maximize personal property costs in order to accelerate depreciation deductions and hence reduce tax liability. So the uninformed CPA is saying something negative. The IRS is encouraging it. And here's what a, a seasoned a CPA who uh, is very familiar with uh, this type of engineering accounting says. The above point of view isn't considering the big picture. For instance, only looking at potentially negative capital gains tax implications associated with costs Segregation by itself is missing the forest for the trees. So there you have it. Um, but uh, it's, I mean, th there you go. <laughs> but the. Uh, In your role uh, dealing with uh, manufacturing companies, and I presume that you've got a lot of clients over the years that you've uh, helped out. Um, I'm just curious uh, if you have an idea off the top of your head uh, based on bringing your services into a manufacturing uh, facility, mm -hmm. what, what, what would be considered an average return of tax dollars by utilizing your services and doing an analysis on the company and an audit and so on? Is there a kind of a rule of thumb that your company can help to produce for uh, company A, B, or C? Well, yeah, there sure is. And uh, the rule of thumb is the average tax savings is approximately $75,000 for every $1 million of purchase price or construction cost. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it, it, it adds up. When, when you say uh, 75000 per million construction costs, did I hear that correctly? Yeah, and that would be for the uh, purchase price of the building and or the construction costs uh, of right. the building. Say if it's, if it's a new building, 
And one of the biggest misconceptions about cost segregation that's circling out there, and I, I don't know where it came from, and maybe it's an old wise tale, is uh, you can only do a cost segregation on a new building or a new renovation. And probably 75% um, of the studies that we do are on older buildings. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of times folks have a quite a, you know, an accumulation of uh, assets that can be uh, depreciated. But I, I think another important note is that uh, to qualify for it, the building must be uh, a purchase price or construction price in excess of $500,000 with uh, taxes in excess of um, 50000 uh, but I, I generally tell folks, you know, just, just base it off of a million dollars, and, and and that's the easiest way to calculate that. Michael, I'm just curious about uh, kind of the next piece of the puzzle, and this is an area that all manufacturers, I think, are involved in. I'm not sure they're as aware of all of the R&D tax credits that they have access to, but why don't uh, you share a bit about R&D tax credits to our manufacturing listeners? Well, sure. Uh, again, uh, the, the IRS is telling manufacturing companies that, hey, uh, you can, well, actually, to a uh, loose point, they're not telling you, but deep inside the IRS playbook, uh, they say that you can, uh, uh, can get these deductions. And, um, and let me just give you the rule of thumb there. Uh, it's uh, the average deduction for research and development uh, costs are between twenty and forty thousand dollars every year per one million dollars in total company payroll. And so, for example, uh, in machine shops, there, there's a certain amount of time that uh, goes into uh, the, the the research or the programming of the machines, right? And so when that's being done, say the machine is, is down, it's not producing income. And so the, uh, the IRS says that um, we're going to give you a tax break on that, and it's based off of the, uh, the, uh, the payroll amount. And so let's see here. Here's some of the definitions that the IRS says, which is um, – New or improved product, process, technique, formula, software, uh, invention, uh, technical in nature, uh, and so forth. And here's what the uh, Air Qualified Activities Checklist looks like. Uh, it's just manufacturing, fabrication, engineering, uh, new product and processes, development, uh, developing new concepts and technology, design layout, schematics, AutoCAD, uh, phototyping or modeling, um, testing, quality assurance, ISA 900, uh, Lean Sigma 6, integration of new machinery, software development, automation of streamlining of internal processes, uh, developing tools, molds and dies, and developing or applying for patents. So those are just uh, some of the things that maybe some of your listeners are listening to and might say, hey, I do that, and I'm not taking advantage of it. And uh, I've got a couple case studies here for you guys. Uh, an injection molding firm, I've got $230,000 of savings. Uh, an adhesive manufacturer, 
190,000, civil engineering firm, 110, parts manufacturer, a million, engineering and design firm, 320,000, and job machine shop, uh, 99,000. So, well, Michael, it, it sounds like our our listeners need to get a hold of you uh, and <laughs> learn more about this. I'm assuming that you can share a lot of this information with them, both over the phone and in hard copy. Again, why don't you share with us how they get a hold of you at Tampa Bay? Okay, uh, TampaBayAdvisory.com, or the my cell phone direct is seven two seven two four three. 6467. And what we can do, uh, guys, is uh, set up a 15-minute time block where uh, I open up their software and we just go through a short questionnaire. It takes no more than five minutes to do the questionnaire. And uh, you can, we'll use uh, something like a join me uh, and we'll do a screen share and then you can see the results uh, immediately in real time. And uh, you can also uh, take a screenshot of that if you want. But that's the first step in uh, this whole process is to identify, locate uh, the tax incentives. And then from there, we schedule a conference call with their um, management team up in Fenton, Michigan. And from there, we just uh, start kicking things around. uh, And eventually, we'll get the CPA involved. And, um, again, I, I just wanted to mention everything that we do uh, is based around uh, the business owner's CPA, okay? Just because we do something that they don't, this is a team sport here. So, uh, you know, air recovery is only as good as the information that the CPA gives us. So uh, we, we become a team. And so we work with the CPA uh, to uh, recover these incentives for the business owner. And then, again, like I said, we don't do anything that a CPA does. So there is no conflict of interest here, uh, but we do the heavy lifting uh, in the background, and we provide the CPA with the documents that they need to uh, give to the uh, IRS. And, by the way, the IRS only accepts these types of um, audits uh, and studies through engineered firms like ourselves. Let me ask you a question, Michael, uh, as as we're getting near the end of our segment. Uh, How far back can you go? Uh, And this would be an important question, I would think, for the manufacturing company or any company for that matter. How far back can they go in their taxes to see where they've been overpaying? Well, that's a great year or two years or three years. That's a great question, and it depends on what area that we're looking at. But um, as far as you can go back, it's three years, okay, and then uh, forward for 20. And these recoveries are proportionate to a business owner's income. So let's say um, a $250,000 recovery is not going to be realized quite as fast on a company that has, say, a million or $2 million of gross revenue compared to a company that maybe has $20 million of gross right. revenue. Right. It, it's all proportionate. But you can't it gives get more the, back than you took. That, that's right. But, you know, what it does really is uh, simultaneously 
it reduces your tax burden and increases your your cash flow. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, manufacturers, other businesses can project into the future and say, gosh, you know what, um, over the next three years, uh, we're not going to have to pay $200,000 uh, to the government. So, you know, we can buy a new machine, we can hire a new person, we can do this, we can do that. So it's just taking advantage of what's out there. And again, like Lou mentioned, how come the IRS doesn't tell you? And I don't know why, but but we're here to help. All right. Well, uh, Michael, we really appreciate it. It sounds like 15 minutes well spent for certainly any manufacturer or any company out there that's listening. We encourage you to get hold of Michael Watkins, who is an advisor and consultant with Tampa Bay Advisory. Michael, thanks for being with us today on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Hey, fellas. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yes, well. Bye-bye. And that wraps up this segment of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.